Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering Bodies, Episode 3, all in good time. I am Mr. Sal, a high school science teacher, watching Bodies for the first time with my co-host and former student, Kurt. Kurt, how you doing? Letter D. Nope. Kurt, how you doing? Uh, all good. In time. All nope. in good time. Kurt, how are you? Man, that's a very deep question. Are are you are you talking like Manix right now? No, I'm gonna try a thousand different ways until I get the right response. Oh, <laughs> I don't know the handshake. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, so you know, do you think he did it all to one person for reference listeners he's referring to hillinghead did the mason's handshake and he tells yeah. henry he figured it out by just doing it a ton of times until right i guess it eventually got the response he wanted but you know i didn't think of it that way he just went to the same person and kept no, doing different handshakes every day i for doubt three that years. Much. and then eventually one day he went to do a handshake and the guy went <laughs> a fellow mason have you ever been in an organization with a secret handshake? An organ? No, I have. Is that like? Do do you think, do do? Uh, wait, is that you, are you flexing on me? What does that mean? <laughs> like, like, it, were you ever just doing something independent of your organization, and then suddenly someone comes and gives you the handshake? You don't even know them. Listen, but they gave I you the had. I had one meeting with this organization. They taught us the secret handshake. I have never had another meeting with this organization. I have never paid dues into this organization, but I still get the mail and the uh, uh, emails and stuff like that. It's like it's you like an act of handshake. No, I've never. Why? Well, not that okay. I know of. I don't remember the handshake. Except oh it was, no! It was something something vaguely like really don't say weird. it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, it was like an academic honor society type thing. It was, it was very strange. I, I went oh, to this yeah, meeting. Well, I was like, I will not be participating in anything. I'm, I'm going to say that I achieved this honor, but I am not going to be participating in any of this. Yeah, I've achieved this. I will not be partaking in it. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, all right, Kurt, let's take a guess at each other's ratings. Ratings. I well, you've given you gave the first episode an eight out of ten. You liked the second episode better, but still gave it an eight out of ten. Can this episode put you over the top to a nine at least? I don't know. I, I think that I think you you were happy to see the development of Hillinghead. I think you felt like he was developed pretty well in this episode. This we spent a pretty big chunk of time with him. Uh, and I feel like we got to know him a lot better. I think you're pleased that Whitehead is not not why Whitehead Whiteman Whiteman is is uh, not just all bad anymore. So I think that makes you happy. Uh, but as much as you like liked those things as, as developed as those two were, uh, I, I think that. They did nothing to develop Maplewood, and even though we spent a lot of time with Hassan, Hassan was was a Hassan is just the the kind of the vessel for the plot. There's not really, I don't think we learn much about Hassan specifically herself in this episode. So, um, having said that, I think that you do think that a lot of what happened, the plot stuff is cool i think you like the seance a lot i think that you liked the interrogation of elias a lot um i think you I, I think you liked everything going on with esther which is the name of the the girl that 
Whiteman was with. So I do think you like the plot a lot. I think you're 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 disappointed we didn't that that uh, Maplewood got kind of shoved to the side, and, and I'll say he's, I, I think he still gave it an eight. I, I don't think I don't think you put it over to the top to a nine. Judging by your last two weeks or last two episodes, you gave them nines. Uh, no, episode one I gave an eight. Okay, so eight nine. Okay, yeah. uh, I I think you're definitely happy with Whiteman in this episode. They flush him out a bit more, a little more gray. That's good in your book, Hillinghead. I think you like where Hillinghead went. So I don't I don't think there's any complaints. If anything, praises for those storylines. Hassan, so what was the first one? The mm-hmm. Whiteman. Whiteman. Yeah. Okay. I think you really liked Whiteman. Okay. In this episode, so Whiteman and Hillinghead, the earlier timelines. I think you're very happy. You're loving those. I think you might even give those tens worthy. That's right up your alley. The the really the question that comes down to me is how you felt about the future stuff. We 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 get to see more Mannix quotes guy, which by the way I am spot on. He does just straight up just say quote. <laughs> his conversation with Maplewood, he he did like say quotes and cited where they were from. <laughs> am I wrong? No, there's a pretty pretty big stream of quotes. Yes, so I I I think you love seeing futuristic Manix. I think I think I mean you seem to be a big uh, fan of was it Stephen Graham? Stephen 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 Graham. Stephen Graham. So I think you're you're a huge I think you're a huge fan of his. So seeing him in the future, you liked that stuff. And honestly, I think you're, you you kind of like hearing that he's admitting. That the foes from the future. We already figured that as much. Yeah. So it's glad just to kind of get that out of the way in your book. So good that he's presented that. But yeah, you're right. There's not much characterization with Maplewood or Hassan. I, I think he gave it a nine. You like it still more than the first episode. I'll even say you like it more than the last episode. But you're you're not you're not quite at the ten yet. Okay, it's a bit of a toss-up for me as to whether I like it more than the second episode or not. I did give it a 9 out of 10. I I, I, I want to talk about it for this podcast first before I make a judgment as to whether I rank this second or, th- or first or second uh, for, so far this season. I I did love everything that happened with Hillinghead and Whiteman. Th- those those two top I agree. Notch. I agree. Loved, loved those. Uh, Hassan stuff... I'm just accepting the fact that Hassan is really not going to get a story of her own. <laughs> Hassan's timeline is probably my least favorite. It's it's which is like, funniest to me because it's yeah. the one I can relate to most. I know. I don't. I don't know if I'd call it my least. Well, in this in this episode, I would not call it my least favorite. In this episode, I I actually really like the plot that they're pushing. I do. And and Hassan's timeline. I just don't think Hassan is a very interesting character yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe she can get there, but I don't even think the groundwork's been laid for her to get there. <laughs> like that's I, what I, I think the biggest issue is. Like I yeah. do know she, her struggle when it came to worried about Mannix and all this other stuff was her son. But we don't even really know her son. I know that was her relationship with her family. Like she, yep. I mean, we see here she hugs her papa. That's nice. Yeah, they they like each other. Mm-hmm. All right. Like I, I just don't feel like I know nothing about her. She has a son. Yeah. She cares about her family. Yeah. And she's she's really into this case. I mean, she yeah. seems to have kind of like killing it an innate sense of justice. But there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. I guess she's going against her superior. Yeah. Barber. So that that is something I should maybe be giving more credence. Yeah. But, well, 
Eh, I don't think so. I I, I think he's going to forgive her real quick. It's the thing is like Hillinghead from the beginning, you could tell there was going to be a conflict with his sexuality. You could tell right away that was going to happen. And, and I'm, I'm, I was here for it. I I am still here for it. I think it's interesting and, and fascinating and, and they're doing a good job with that. And, and in addition to that, he also, has this sense of justice that can get him into trouble because it is not a there's there's a lot of dirty <laughs> dirty cops or, dirt, or dirty authority figures at mm-hmm. that time so he's kind of at odds against authority so um even though he's kind of in the right for the most part so hellinghead was always going to have you could tell that from episode one that he's going to have those two conflicts right mm-hmm. oh yeah white men has has been so one note up to this point but it was setting him up to to have exactly this episode where he's faced with a moral dilemma and he makes the choice that is counter to what his character's been and you could see that 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 had to happen if it didn't happen he would have been so such a boring character it would have been i I won't lie it would have been pretty interesting to me if he did just kill the girl and i'm like wow this guy is just ruthless is he just just working with them like (laughs) my where i was gonna my assumption going into the series that they're all on the same side are detectives Mm -hmm. i mean they don't know it but they're all looking into whatever this organization or manix or however this is occurring Mm -hmm. but for white men going to this episode i I started wondering i was i was debating i wonder if they're not all on the same side (laughs) what if white men is just against the rest of them in some way or they're they're all kind of forward to get, like you know there's there's more greater what i'm thinking here but based on what happens to the white men here i think they're all kind of kind of yeah they're all they're all kind of leading the same sides it reminds me listeners that are into it the assassin's creed series in a way <laughs> that i'm not gonna <laughs> get into it really but it kind of reminds me of that okay the templars so. all right so uh it's with white men though like they, they always had the opportunity they were setting him up as such a heel the, he, there was always the possibility for him to take a turn there uh, and make his character really interesting. Maplewood is basically a blank slate. <laughs> like they, yeah. I mean, episode one and episode three did almost nothing for Maplewood, but two did a lot, that it, and it went a long way toward making her an interesting character. What, what makes Maplewood really interesting is we have a lot of unknowns about the future, yeah, which is right. as a derivative fact makes Maplewood and just the whole timeline itself interesting. Which is right. I mean, maybe it's an unfair advantage, but it is what yeah. it is. But Hassan has just been—I mean, really, just a vessel for plot. They haven't really done anything to to that. I can't foresee anything really interesting coming out of her character. I, I mean, agree. And, and I mean, yes, she's she's got a son and a father that she loves. Okay, but we don't know them really. <laughs> so anyway, it's and I don't. No offense, I don't want to know them. I want to know her father. Like, yeah, it wouldn't even matter if we did know them because it, like it does, that doesn't help us know her any better. Um, so anyway, that that's my one criticism of of Hassan. But having said that, I thought that her story, the plot through her story was really great so it was really compelling and i didn't i wasn't like oh god this character again like that that's not at all what i was thinking i was really into it but not because of her but because of rather because of the plot so anyway and then maplewood's story in this one was like uh, you know the the i guess the maddox scene where 
uh, he kind of confirms what we already kind of knew. Says some quotes, yeah. Yeah, says some quotes. I, whatever. I, it didn't do much for me. But so so Maplewood, Maplewood in general, that, that whole story in general, and just Hassan's lack of character development are why I'm giving this a nine instead of a ten because the Hilling Head and Whiteman stuff. So I mean, I I, I don't I wouldn't want any more out of those two. Those those two were great. I completely agree. I I think there's storyline stuff I would give in those tens. If, yeah. if we if we're doing the Lost Era thing, those yep. tens easily. Yes, and. I think it's reasonable to do that with this. Yeah, it's, no, I know. I, I I think it is. So I would give those tens, and I would give Hassan. I, I totally agree with you. Character wise, nothing plot. The plot is interesting, and especially yeah. the way it ends off. I'd give it a nine, and even the yeah, Maplewood, relative to the amount of episode it takes up, it's a nine. It, 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 yeah. I don't think it's super compelling, but yeah. it's it, it's a little bit of plot, uh, plot exposition, and it does take a lot of time. And quite frankly, um, I'm just kind of happy. They told us this now yeah. that like he's from yeah. the future and we're yeah. kind of getting through that because it seems like the writing of that's on the walls. Sure. Because, and I believe this is the right irony, the situational irony, how we have more information than any of the characters in the series. And that's kind of a very important element that yeah. we got to recognize that we get to see everything all these characters see. Meanwhile, they, they all only have like a fourth of what we see. <laughs> so. Right. I think that's dramatic irony, but... You're right. It is dramatic, I think. <laughs> You're yeah. actually 100% right. That is dramatic irony. <laughs> okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, I guess I would ding the Maplewood stuff a little more than you, only because it's disappointing. Uh, right. What was there was fine. Uh, so I, I, hear, I hear your point, and I think it's really valid that for what it was, it was fine because it wasn't much mm-hmm. anyway. But the fact that it wasn't much is what disappoints me about it because I was so into it in episode two. I wanted more in episode three. So uh, yeah, I'm still waiting for, I mean, Maplewood's taken a backseat in two out of three episodes now. Uh, and I don't like that. <laughs> I, 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 I think what they're kind of going for is kind of like the buildup almost to how maybe Maddox got to where Maddox is and the future will yeah. take up a lot more time. But that's what well, I know the series is going to start turning into timey-wimey, like, because if time travels on the table, and, yeah. and this is the part that kind of excites me with this series. Like, is is Maplewood going to start time traveling now? Are, are we going to see Maplewood healing head? Then <laughs> healing head's going to use it to go and see like Hassan. I, I just think, like that would be really fascinating. To me. I don't know if I don't know if that's what this series is. Maybe it is. I don't know if it is. I don't know. If I, it is either. I I feel like it's it. It seems a lot more. Uh, I, I in line with what I think are good time travel rules. I, I feel like everything that's happening has always happened. Like we're and we're just seeing. It. I, don't, I don't think anybody's going back and, I, and changing things. I think that's things. very outlined by the Hassan stuff. But. Yeah, although Maddox is concerned that if they can go back in time, they can destroy the society. So I, I well, because I wonder, like the Maddox he is. Yep. Just because what it's happened is always going to happen, you don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, that's true. Right? So he doesn't know if they're actually going to destroy society or not. Yeah, I guess He I just guess knows how he true. got the power to where he is now. So I guess and the in question... Fact, in fact, he's never been visited maybe by a future Maddox who's like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, but... It, so the question I have is like, is... Oh, what's, what is it? Har... What's, what's the... <laughs> old Maddox in, in uh, Hillinghead's time. What's it, Harker? Is uh, yes. 
is Julian Harker actually Matt, uh, Elias Maddox? You're right. Yeah. And he has a cane too. Like, is he yeah. with a limp? So is this an right. older Hannix? Is what I was or Mannix? Like, right. So him, has he so time traveled? Yeah. Has he time traveled from where we like? Is he, is that Mannix the same Mannix but older than the Mannix in 2053? And if so, right. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. It is very curious. So anyway, uh, I, I think this is a good episode. Did you give it a nine as well? I did give it a nine. Yes. Okay, it's my so favorite I, episode so far. All right, so I, I undercut you by one, but uh, or I underestimated you by one, I should say. Um, what I'll also, I also give it a nine. What I'll also say is, I'm excited to see if we'll see. I think it's the late Stephen Hawking's. Do you, do you know the party he threw? Uh no. He famously he threw a time traveler party. At some point. Uh-huh. And so he welcomed all time travelers to the time traveler party. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's even time travelers uh-huh. would show up. So I wonder if we'll be seeing that at all in the series. If time travel starts becoming a thing. <laughs> Stephen Hawking's time traveler party. Uh, did anybody show up? He says no. Uh, okay. All right. We gotta get some Dr. Manhattan in here. I think that's what we really need. Uh, we'll check out Watchmen. <laughs> that's right. All right, Kurt. What's your favorite scene? Favorite scenes. Okay, I think I know what your favorite scene is. Uh, I think that um, you you missed it in episode two, and you loved it in episode one when they interspliced between two different time periods. They did it here with the seance. I think if you'll allow me to count the entire seance then that's your favorite scene. If not, then I think just the part where they intercut with Maple and stuff is your favorite scene. Okay. Uh, I think... Mm. Wait, are, are you allowing me to count the whole seance or just the part where they intercut with the... It's, you're hosting it, whatever you feel. Uh, whole seance. Okay. Oh, jeez, the whole seance. So I didn't originally have them all cut together. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> well, gee, that is... I'll tell you right now, that was not on my, like, that That wasn't my favorite scene. But now if we're going to lump them together. Uh, was it? Oh, I see. Okay. I see what you're saying. I'll tell you right now, I on my list and I put them together. Okay. So, I could, because the way we've always talked about bodies is just like, Hellinghead no, you're has right. seen until we see it, until we have a different character. You're different definitely timeline. right. No, you're right. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think it shall count as a scene. Okay. Uh, I'm right now. I'm debating if I want to swap that to being my favorite scene. <laughs> to be fair to you, now, uh, eh, no, no, it's not my favorite scene. Wow. I will. I'm, I will, I'm actually really shocked. Okay. I will. I will guess for you. Um, when? Oh wait, no, no. I'm, 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 th- I'm thinking of the splicing all wrong. Yeah. No. Yeah, that probably is my favorite scene. Yeah, I, I'm yes, looking it it's yours too. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, if we're splicing that together, you're right. No, because yeah. I my what what I wrote down here was um the aftermath when he wakes when Hillinghead wakes yep. outside in the graveyard. Yep. But I forget. Yeah, the splicing scene is where he's getting drugged and everything. Yes. So, so yeah, no, no. If that's yeah, if we're putting that. Yeah, all together, they're right, they're aftermath. setting they're setting him up with his like. With this photo with the body and like, I mean, that's a that's a cool ass scene. <laughs> it's, it was it's a like, freaky scene. Yeah, it was, it was so freaky. Yes. So uh, to to remind people of of what that scene is, um, 
Hailing Head arrives at Harker House. And by the way, did you recognize this name, Harker? No. Oh. Okay, so so Julian Harker is the name that Stephen Graham is going by in the 1890 timeline. Yeah. The, the, the alleged son of Agatha Harker. Yeah, yeah, so we hear the story about... Yes. Harker is the name of the law firm that was invoked by the Morleys in episode uh-huh. two. 20, yeah. 23 in 2023 yes so yeah so there there's a connection there with the with the name harker anyway uh only had arrives at the house julian is a great admirer of his career and so happy to finally meet him now i i didn't realize that Hillinghead was much of a celebrity so to me this smacks of uh he's been looking st- into him maddox has done his homework yeah so yeah um he uh, he aims uh, to be acquitted Mr. without. I can I ask you, Mr. Sal? If yeah. someone came up to you and said, I, "I've I've loved your work," <laughs> um, and they were not. It, your it depends. It, well, listen, if they, if they're big fans of show hoppers, then yeah, that's no, that's fine. fair. Actually, that's, no, that's I, great. I meant that in a teacher role. In a teacher role, well, realm. I mean, if they're if they're a former student. That They're not fine. a former student. Not a former okay. student. All right. Are they a parent of a former student? Nope. Nope. Okay. Do they have any connection to my teaching? No. Then yeah, that's weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, th- this is this would be weird. But anyway, he aims to be acquitted without harassment, and he introduces him to his mother, Agatha. Gets him a some hospitality. Pours him a drink from this crystal flask with a crystal stopper. And the goal of Hellinghead being here at all is to get fingerprints off of this guy because mm-hmm. he has fingerprints off the gaslight uh, above the little alcove where this guy must have been when he, when he was uh, photographed in that reflection on the window. So he's trying to get the prints so that he can match up the prints. Anyway, that, when I say prince, I mean fingerprints, not like Prince Charming. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, before the seance, though, commences, he is pulled away, uh, Harker is, by other guests arriving. Did you have any idea who these other guests would be? No, but I wonder if it's timey-wimey stuff. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what I'm all, yeah. I'm all so, about. Yeah? You're all about timey-wimey? I, if they... The way you're right, the way they set up the timeline, if it's I love time travel when it's all one straight line. Like, Me too. So if they do that and they, they mix in these timelines, but it all yep. comes together to one cohesive story, yeah. that's so sick. It's I, exciting be, to me. That, that exactly. I that yeah. really pumps me up. And I'm I'm if encouraged by the very end of this episode that that is actually the case. It is because one yes. For example, <laughs> if if well, I guess if she was looking at it and I guess like real time that's being drawn or like if he spray painted it and then it showed yeah. up there, but like, for, I don't know. Yeah. Just it, it seems you're right. Yeah. I, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, um, Hillinghead does manage to swipe that crystal stopper that was touched by Julian uh, in the hopes of getting fingerprints off of it. He ag- the, the seance is, is, is starting. It's all very creepy and so forth. And there's a lot of heavy breathing and whatever else. But uh, she asks Hillinghead if there's anybody that he wants to talk to. Uh, he aggressively 
tells Agatha that he wishes to talk to the man who died and he slams these photographs down on the table as he does so. I want to talk to this guy and I want to see if this is the guy who killed him and so forth. But she, she claims to see him just as Hillinghead starts hallucinating. Now, I did question whether it was that whether he was poisoned at this point, but um, that, 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 that'll bear fruit in a minute. Yeah, I was questioning if he was getting poisoned when the guy was pouring the drink because the way right. he pours the drink, he only pours the one drink and gives him a drink and he already has a drink. That's uh, true. Yes. But then but then I thought that Hillinghead purposely didn't drink the drinks. If you look at his drink, it doesn't look like it goes down a whole lot, uh-huh. but Continuity. Uh, Julian, <laughs> yeah, but Julian's does. Julian like yeah. drinks and like he drinks it like it looks like at least a little over half from one goal. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so I think Killinghead has like outsmarted him here. He did not mm-hmm. drink the drink that could be poisoned, but no, he he did drink the drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then we get this. Uh, oh, did you notice this though? That that uh, she starts scratching out his name, Defoe, right? And and this, this is where the D. The D this okay. is the D. Yeah, I, I didn't see it while I was watching the episode, but yeah. after the fact, I was like, oh, you know, I never noticed the D. Yeah, and I thought I wonder if it's the seance when she spells yep. out Defoe. Okay, this is it. This is which, the D. Speaking of which, it's just this earlier. What a cop out thing to do. <laughs> Imagine if Ozark with their littering system yeah. put an O for an O. Actually, yeah. do that. Sorry, a Z for I, a Z or something. I know, ridiculous. You can't put I a know. D for the D. Okay, yeah. I get that it's in the episode, but this that's ridiculous. <laughs> do something else. You have, you yeah. this, I don't know Plenty what else you could do, but just do. You could do like the decanter, like cap thing, or you could do the, the crystal. Yeah, the crystal, or you could do. Yeah whatever just not the letter d for d <laughs> d anywhere else i don't know yeah i do the the pot of borscht or the uh or um oh the, the nintendo switch oh my god that's oh, the switch. <laughs> i love that anyway that was the creepiest freaking mario theme song i've ever heard anyway uh we'll talk about that when we get there now we start cutting back and forth because as she scratches out the name Defoe, we intercut between the seance where the spirit says that he was murdered by M A, and then the, the Ouija thing flies across the room. So presumably he says that he was not murdered by Julian Harker, but rather by this M A. And I'm assuming he was trying to spell out Mannix there. <gasps> Mannix. Yeah, <laughs> starts with an M and an A. So that's and uh, now maybe that's just baiting, and they're intentionally hoping that we think that. But that would annoy me. <laughs> I don't know of another character in here who's got M A at the start of bait, the name. Bait like that is like, come on. Yeah, I know. Unfair. I know. Anyway, um, Maplewood, meanwhile, is interrogating Defoe, the person who's supposed to be having this conversation from the spirit realm with these people she's interrogating him and he claims to know nothing about what's going on hillinghead tries to leave but he collapses and julian comes in with ladbroke did you recognize ladbroke when he came in no the, the, the coroner this is the coroner wait what? I didn't know. Oh no! I I didn't realize he came in with Ladbroke. He does, and and they strip him down and photograph him with with the body naked. So because uh, yeah, I, I, I I know I noticed it, yeah the photo of the body. I just realized one of the guys was also Ladbroke. Well, yeah, oh, and geez. I started wondering. I was like, how did they get the body? And then I was like, oh, 
but it's Ladbroke. It's uh, he's the one who had the body. That's how they got the body. And he even says to, to him, uh, I, "I did warn you. I warned you to bur- to burn it, right?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so it's it's him. Uh, but then Julian says, "So sad. You will be on the wrong side of history. Mm-hmm. Without you, I am nothing." So I I love this because this does imply that he has always come back and done this to Hillinghead and put Hillinghead on the wrong side of history. And it is what helped make him. Now, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. He's pulled these convoluted strings to get him where he is, but we'll see. We'll see how yeah. the I guess, butterfly effect takes hold. Yeah, I, but I, I love it. I, this is this is it's great. almost this to me is almost the equivalent of and again I don't know if oh well, maybe you do RNG manipulation, Mister Sal. If I say that, do you know what that means? Uh, uh no. I mean, I know what an RNG is, but I don't know what yeah, RNG like random numbers. I also so, know what manipulation is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, having trouble putting the two together. For some, this is usually in a gaming context. Sometimes people are trying to speedrun a game, but not even if you're trying to speedrun it. I know Stardew Valley, a game, you can do RNG manipulation. That isn't really for speedrunning. But all it is is you're t- like, it's hard to make things random. Yeah. And so by just manipulating the way you do things, perhaps you do things in a certain way or like mm-hmm. you've, you know the system by which it gets the result you can manipulate it to get the result you want. So it's not really random anymore. You're, you're manipulating it so that you get the result you want. So people might argue the future is random or at least unpredictable. You don't know what the future is going to be. Okay. But, but Mannix is using RNG manipulation to go back in time <laughs> and do these seemingly random things that are uncorrelated, yeah. it looks like, to get the result yeah. he wants. Yeah. It kind of reminds yeah. me of RNG manipulation in that way. Well, that's, that's interesting. Is Now, <laughs> let me ask you this. Is this rng manipulation okay i'm gonna give an example you tell me if it is i'm not i'm not i'm not i will i will warn listeners now i'm not like the world's best source on this so hopefully anyway go okay just now just gonna cap you uh uh, so i played a lot of the pokemon games okay Mm -hmm. what if you're shiny hunting that's just an rng so if you want to get that you only get one shot to catch every legendary in the pokemon main series games right so Mm -hmm. i want to catch i want to catch mewtwo i only have one chance to do it uh, and I want a shiny Mewtwo. So shiny is like just a different yeah. color variant, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's an RNG, and and there's a very low percent chance that you enter the Mewtwo battle, and it's going to be shiny. So is it RNG manipulation to enter the battle? It's not shiny. You reset the game. You enter the battle again. You re- it's not shiny. You reset the game, and so forth. So basically, you just keep re-rolling before you proceed. Yeah, I guess that's in a way you're not really manipulating it though. You're really just you're you really are just going with the random odds chance. Gotcha. Because that's not really you're not manipulating the chance at all. You're just re-rolling no. it over and over again until you get what you yes. want. I right. wouldn't call that manipulation. Manipulation is you're not really rolling. Like it's not really random because you know what you're gonna get. So you defeated the randomness in it. That's what I think is really RNG manipulation. Okay. You defeated the randomness part of it. RNG by whatever mechanism so, uh, have we defined that rng is random, random number, number generator gen- yeah yeah Rand- <laughs> sorry my bad i didn't yeah random <laughs> number generator so it's how yeah. especially computers derive randomness so yeah rng manipulation yeah. that's a good way of thinking of it you've defeated the randomness of it so yeah. that i would not call that because you're you're doing precisely you know you're you're doing it until you're you just get re-rolling over yeah you're just over re-rolling over and over again yeah exactly. gotcha yeah. now if you okay. Had figured out if you stand in a certain place for a while, then walk somewhere else, then fly here, then go back there, somehow, blah, blah, blah. It makes it that yeah. way. You're 70% chance likely to get a shiny Mewtwo. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. that would be RNG manipulation or like 
Okay. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, to get back to bodies here. Yeah. Sorry. I think, I think <laughs> what's really important is that Matt, that uh, Julian Harker says here. We, we can assume this is actually Maddox, but I think yeah. because Maddox. he says here, "Without you, I am nothing." So it is necessary for Hillinghead to take the fall for this body in order for Maddox to ascend to power, which is mind blowing to think about. But I love it because it does imply this is all one timeline that is not changeable. It's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that, that's a, both of our favorite scene. What did you say your favorite scene was going to be? It, it was going to be the aftermath when he wakes up. Right. But right, honestly, okay. now, now that you've outlined to me, I, I didn't even realize that Ladbrook was there. Oh, yeah. That's so, so cool. I mean, that, right? Yeah. No, I. If, if, now, if I could go back, I'd probably just choose the the spliced scene between twenty fifty three and eighteen ninety. Uh, yeah. If 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 we, but you know, if I get the bonus of the entire seance. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, Kurt, then it is time for you to play. Well, I guess I'll play too. A little game. Who said it? Okay, how okay, many Kurt. points? Uh, four. Oh, <laughs> but now uh, the bl- uh, are you, mm, I don't know if you're going to do one with each timeline. I have four quotes. Okay. Your first quote, ice cream? <laughs> well, wait a second. <laughs> uh, it's definitely to do with like the Yiddish, which by the way was very funny. <laughs> the Yiddish scene. Oh, it's great. And I, I actually went... I, I, gave myself a mental note to go back and look at that scene because I figured you'd probably pick <laughs> you love to pick people when they're not speaking actual English I, I like deciding I or... like non-traditional quotes where I'm picking something in a foreign language or written in a, or in a song song or lyrics, sign like language yeah. sign language yeah, well, yeah. Uh, or um, on a poster or something like that hmm I, I mean it's either Esther the girl or it's no well actually it could be say, say, say it with the tone please I did, but I'll do it again. Ice cream? I can't tell if that's an inquisitive, like confused ice cream, or an excited ice cream. It's both. Okay, well, in that case, if it's excited, then I'm going to go with Esther saying it to, you know, the excluding white men about... Oh, yeah, I now I do remember. She actually does say this part in English, because that's like the one little bit she knows. <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. Okay, yes. Actually, so yes. this isn't even in Yiddish. <laughs> yep, this is in English. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so she, she'll only speak to white men. she only speak in Yiddish for now. She wants 10 pounds. She's extorting him here. She wants a 10, or blackmailing, whatever you want to call it. She wants 10 pounds to keep quiet. And uh, he, he says, I'll snap your neck like a chicken wing. And she goes, ice cream? <laughs> and just to indicate that, yes, I can speak English and I will speak English. Uh, and she's like, you know, got this giddy, goofy smile for the, for like the rest of the time. But anyway. Um, it's she, so funny. <laughs> it is. It's really good. It's really good. Uh, he gets her out of there and he pays her two pounds. <laughs> that's They're, even funnier too. Yeah. <laughs> trying to jip the kid <laughs> I know poor kid uh, anyway but it's, hey it's more money than she's ever seen in her life but uh, apparently not but the phone rings the pay phone so the, someone knows that Whiteman is in this spot at this time he answers 
and it's it's the lady. I wish we had a name for this person, but uh, Kyle lady. And she tells him to take care of this girl permanently. Paying her off is not enough because she's still out there. She could just extort him for more money and so forth. But he ha- doesn't seem to have much of a choice. He'll meet her back here tomorrow with the other eight pounds. Mm-hmm. All right. That was quote number one. You well, no, I, I, it, well, I think it was all, we, we got to go to my mom's or something to get the uh, the rest of the eight pounds. Uh, yes. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. So meet me here tomorrow. Ah, yes. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Okay. Number Next, cool. two. Mm-hmm. No man is untouchable. <laughs> Why are you chuckling? It's not a funny quote. <laughs> Sounds like a Maddox thing to say. <laughs> I don't know if it is the. <laughs> no, it isn't actually. You know what? Now that I think about it. Is this um? Oh, but which of them says it? It must be Hillinghead says it. It's Hillinghead talking with Henry. Um, Henry's explaining Julian Harker to Hillinghead and Hillinghead because justice, you know, trust in the law. <laughs> trust in the law. <laughs> yes. Hey, good for you. Two in a row. Man, that, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I it helps when the scenes are back face. to back. Yeah, That is true. They are back to back. <laughs> so the very next scene after, after the ice cream scene, Julian Harker was a war hero, presumed dead. This is all coming from Henry Ash. Henry is telling this to Hillinghead in Henry's apartment, by the way. And uh, he was presumed dead. And when he returned, he looked completely different. Very interesting. So much so that his mother, or his uh, a supposed mother, Agatha, had all the portraits repainted to look like this version of Julian. Here's this RNG manipulation. Well, I don't know if it is really RNG manipulation. But yeah, here's <laughs> this tiny stuff here. This is, this is how desperate she was to have her son back. Anyway, he uses his mother's seances to make financial predictions, which have actually made him very wealthy. So I guess you know, there's, there's, there's something to this, apparently. Or, or it's time travel. That's what I, I, that's it, what I I'm like, or he just knows what's going to happen. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, honestly, it could be the other way around. He feeds her the information so that her seances look legitimate. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Henry Henry uh, is a little worried about Hellinghead going after Julian Harker because Hellinghead's got a lot more to lose than he does. He even puts his hand on Hellinghead's leg, which seems like it's not shooed away immediately, unlike last time when he got arrested for <laughs> trying to kiss him. Anyway, they get interrupted, though, and a messenger shows up at Henry's flat uh, with an Invitation to tonight's seance for Hellinghead. Hellinghead wants to go, wants to get an item from the seance that Julian touches so that he can match the prints on that item with the prints that he pulled off of the gaslight in, why can I never remember the name, Long Harvest Lane. And Henry tries to tie his tie and they have a moment, maybe. They're going to have much more of a moment later in the episode. So there you have it. That's that's that scene. All right, you ready for right. number three? I'm ready for number three. Okay, number three. You've got a great palate. You've got a great palate. Huh. 
I am very confused by this one. You've got a great palette. Yeah. I have no idea for the context behind this one. Um, yeah. Jeez. I am really... Oh! You tried to trick me! What? Oh my goodness! You you tried to swindle me! What do you this mean? This is not one quote with every timeline. You've put two inside of Whiteman's timeline. <gasps> this is... What? This is Whiteman to Esther about the rat pee and his, <laughs> and his brownstone. Brown I mean, you're right, but I don't I don't know why that's a problem. You, you've tricked me. I was sitting here one day, I'm like, when? In 2053 or 2023, did they even talk about palate? Was anyone tasting anything? I have no idea. And then the second I expanded my thought out of that, I got it. Son of a gun. <laughs> oh, man. I was really hoping to catch you with that, but apparently I didn't. <laughs> yes, Esther thinks that the borscht that Whiteman made tastes like rat piss, and of course that's a secret ingredient. She has a great palate. <laughs> oh man, I thought I was going to get you there. I was, I was being trying so hard to be so sneaky there. Oh well, that, that, uh, <laughs> oh well. Anyway, Whiteman gets a call at home, and he tells her that it is done i.e. he killed Esther and he's done and he even rips the line out of the wall so that they can't call him again so it sounds like he quits them or at least he's trying to <laughs> because Esther is there and she's still alive and he's made borscht so not only could he not kill her he has taken her in Yeah, I mean it's assumed in their car ride which we'll cover the scene at some point that it looks like her mother and brother are dead. She might live yeah, on her right, own. Right. Yeah. And so that's uh, that's the assumption I made. But yeah. Anyway, he she tries to shoot him, but he took bullets <laughs> out. Clever man. That's always an awkward moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not a moment he can't come back from. It's, it's true. Did we, she, what if, we did. We had a series where you tried it was to a, shoot me. It was it was Ozark. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was Ozark. Yeah. 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 Yep. Mm, I remember. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, uh, he's, he silences her while he explains the severity of the situation. They, whoever they are, need to believe that she's dead. And then they go through and, and eat the borscht, even though she doesn't like it. First, two, two things, Kurt. First of all, do you like borscht? I've never, I have no idea what's in borscht. It's mostly beets. <laughs> beets, oh. broth, and onions. I love borscht. I love beets. My favorite vegetable. I, I don't think I've ever eaten beets, and I'm not. Oh my god, beets are so, oh, borscht. So good. Anyway, I, I I watched this. I wanted borscht so bad. I man, I'm, I might have to make some borscht this weekend. <laughs> anyway, um, that man, was not, my second. Well, I'm scared for the last quote. Well, hold on, I'm oh, not sorry, there my yet. Bad. My second, my second question is, what? So I, I obviously, it's a good thing. It's 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 a um objectively morally good thing that he did not kill her right i i guess okay uh if we can agree on that then he is now i kind of holding her captive like how is she supposed to feel here <laughs> right it, she she's clearly i mean she's been Grateful. kidnapped she's been kidnapped and she's being held against her will but Kind of, or at least being told that if she leaves, she's dead. 
So who does she feel like the bad guy is? Is it is it white men or is it these other people? I mean, I don't you know. Can, I mean, you could think white men's a bad guy because you saw him with the body. That's right. definitely thing. But in this situation, if you're Esther, and I guess if you're, mm-hmm. and it's hard to be very rational and level headed, especially when you're a young kid. But yeah. Even and even if you're not a young kid, like just being in a stressful situation like this, assuming he's telling the truth, there's a level of gratefulness of well. It would have been seemingly easier on his life to just kill me. Right. And keep working with whomever he was working. But it seems as though he that's too far a line for him to cross. And he's, you know, wants me to live. Or at least he he doesn't want to do it. So he'll yeah. we'll have to deal through the hassle of me trying to be alive in this world where I'm supposed to be dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm having trouble figuring out what like what's more of a right thing to do is it like just let her go but then they're both dead or hold her captive think her go. but I don't she's think, alive I don't think, yeah i don't think letting her go is uh <clears throat> I, I i think holding her captive <laughs> despite it i think uh i mean i guess it, I, I, I think what you do is you hold her cap like what, what you just did here i think it's a pretty good you, you restrain her you explain the circumstance mm-hmm. and then it's not even really like you're holding her captive anymore it's just more of this is your life but, now. But but from her perspective, how does she know that he's telling the truth? Don't. That's the beauty of it. That's that, that and that's the unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think I think there's this perpetual terror for this poor girl now. She's terrified to leave because if he's telling the truth, uh, well, how can you something that makes borscht like that or whatever? It tastes like it rat piss, man. Well, it's a secret recipe. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, I mean, it. it's terrifying to think about leaving because if he's telling the truth you're dead but it's also terrifying to think about staying because if he's lying then why does he want you held captive it's like a pascal's wager thing right like death assuming death is really bad circumstance here i'll do almost anything not to die and as long as it's not directly hurting me like if i just mm-hmm. have to stick if i gotta stay in this place that's got four walls and a roof which i don't yeah. know where this girl was staying before right so be it with okay. borscht, and I got my ten pounds that I can't spend because I can't leave. Great, but always, but always, he's gonna charge with, me red ten pounds a month. But always living with the terror of wondering why he's holding her captive. Is he holding her to you know torture her to abuse her? Like, why is he holding her? Yeah. So well, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. What's the real reason? Yeah, whether yeah, because it comes down to if she believes him. <laughs> man, I I don't know. I feel like this girl's in. Man, I would not want to be in her situation right well, now. No. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So that that is quote number three. All right. You have a great palate, which brings Thank me you. to your final quote. Quote number Man, four. I'm actually pretty intimidated now because now all bets are off. You've broken the seal. <laughs> yeah, I have. All right, and you, you didn't even trick me with it yet. Go on. I know I haven't even tricked you yet. <laughs> Your last quote, trust no one, kill or be killed. Huh. Who the heck says that? I mean, uh, okay, so I don't, it doesn't seem like Hillinghead. I'm, well, does anyone else in Hillinghead's timeline possibly say that? Not Hillinghead. Not Henry. Does it trust no one, kill or be killed? Yes. Okay. The lawyer doesn't say that. Young Manic certainly doesn't say that. Trust no one, kill or be killed. Hassan obviously doesn't say that. What what lawyer are you talking about? The 
What, what do they call him? I, I don't know. The, a solicitor. <laughs> the solicitor. Well, uh, that's not in, that's not in Hillinghead's timeline. No, sorry, I, I swapped over to 2023. Sorry, oh, okay. All right, gotcha. Oh, yes. All right. <laughs> Maybe I was trying to say Mannix and Julian. My bad, yeah. No, 2023 Mannix. Uh, I don't think his lawyer said that. Killer, trust no one. Wait, wait, wait. I already forgot the quote now. Killer, Trust no one, kill or be killed. Okay, trust no one first. Okay. Does Barbara say that to Hassan? I don't think so. Trust no one, kill or be killed. No. So if it's not 2023, I don't think it's 1890. Let's do another 1941 thing again. Oh my god. Did you? Trust no one. Kill or be killed. This could be the woman telling... Did you put all of my... Did you... Are you trying to... I think you put all... I, I think you put... I think the last Whiteman scene that we've... Wait, no. We already covered that scene. Have we covered... Wait, wait, wait. I'm I, now that I confuse my own. Notes. We we covered the interrogation one. Well, not the interrogation where she, where they're questioning Esther and she's speaking mm-hmm. Yiddish, which transitions into the outside payphone thing. And we covered the okay. inside Whiteman's apartment scene. Okay, the outside payphone thing. Okay, because th- that sounds like the woman on the phone telling Whiteman that. But we've already covered that scene. Or at least that timeline scene. The the woman on the phone telling white men, trust no one, kill or be killed. But since we already covered that scene, I'm going to just go with Mannix tells this to Maplewood in 2053. Okay. Mannix did not tell that to Maplewood in 2053. Oh my god. Okay, what was it? I'm lost then. This is one Charles Whiteman. What? (laughs) To Esther. In the car. Oh, when they're getting followed, you did do. It. I said a guy was like, oh, I really didn't oh. think Maddox said it. Oh yes, I remember this now. Oh. You must have yes. been sweating when I said. I, think uh, I was. The I was sweating so much. I was like, I gotta get him. But at least one of these has to triple. At least me. one. Oh um, yeah. I was like, I can't make all four white men because if I if the first two are white men, then he's just going to think they're all white men. So, okay, so I, can, no. I can't do that. So I so I set up the first two to be white men and Hillinghead, and so then I I was thinking I would get you with the third one because that you'd be you just guess something from Maplewood or Hassan's timeline. But when I didn't get you with the third one, I was very nervous that you were just going to get the fourth one. But no, I got you got you with one. I just didn't. Ah, oh, yeah. I I forgot that they got followed. I kinda, yeah. Honestly, I should have. I didn't even put that. I that I should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So White Whiteman gets his that. gets his gun and he drives with the girl. He's being followed. Uh, they, they have some pleasant conversations about guinea pigs and uh, how handsome he is. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but she finds she he does say to her, you know, we're being we're being followed. Trust no one. Kill or be killed. And she finds the chloroform in his glove box. Uh, so he has, he uses it on her and he digs a deep hole, puts her in it and fires his gun. Presumably, I, I assuming that he does all this, he puts on this display so that if someone was following him and watching him, they see him digging the hole and firing the gun. Yeah. And that's, then, that's, it, and yeah. then he buries her. And then comes back <laughs> later and unburies her. <laughs> I doubt that very much, but but there you have it. So, all right, so hey, you're three out of four, which is better than I thought you'd do. But at least I, I'm, I'm just glad I got you with at least one. I feel like I deserve half. I uh, 
Half a point. A you, didn't get point. The, you didn't get anything right. Not the timeline. No, not the but I had for it, it though. <laughs> but I, I hedged. I hedged for it. I, I, I gave a brief word of it, which basically <laughs> means I got the answer right. Not and that. That's why you kept everything. Everything you said about Whiteman was the woman on the phone. It was. It was. Well, because I, yeah. I was wondering if it was the final Whiteman scene. I looked at it. Went no, that's just him driving. No, it can't be that one because he's just driving with the girl. I could see the, the woman the, telling him. You that. mean the, you mean the last Whiteman scene that we haven't talked about? Yeah. Okay. Wait, because that's Whiteman not. Scene? No, the last Whiteman scene, the last one in the series, in this in this episode, yeah, is, is in the, the apartment. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. But there anyway. were, I think, there were only three there were only Whiteman three. scenes, and I've pulled a quote from each of them. So oh, we've completed... thematic with the scenes here. Oh, man. I, 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 I put a lot of thought into which quotes and the sequence I was going to give them to you. And so if I didn't get you with at least one, I was going to, I don't know, I might never well, play well, that game I, again. I'm not that <laughs> dubious about this. I'm so sad. I could have gotten that too. <laughs> anyway, got to fight. I know. Why that was, uh, you're right. That was a very evil layout listen i'm happy despite the layout i got three out of four i'll take that. I, you should be I, I did not think it was gonna happen uh all right so uh we have finished the charles whiteman stuff 1941 is done so i'll leave it up to you do you want to do 1890 2023 or 2053 let's start off in 1890 okay In 1890, oh, before we start, uh, we already talked about the opening. The the D turns into the the blue sharp lines that is mm-hmm. also a D. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Pop out. All right, in 1890, Hillinghead's daughter makes him proud playing in church. Henry meets meets him after church, much to his wife's annoyance. They check out the crime scene. They uh, and they get a cat called while checking out the crime scene. And they find a hexagonal cane imprint, very fancy, tailor-made. So they go to see the very fancy tailor-made mm-hmm. cane maker. And uh, Hillinghead uses his secret handshake to get some information out of him about the hexagonal swan head cane. No name, just an address. And uh, we already talked about how he taught himself the secret handshake uh, of the Masons through trial and error. They stake out the address and find Sir Julian Harker, one of the richest men in the city, and he sees them too. Tips his cap to Hillinghead. He is Stephen Graham, <laughs> Mannix himself. Mannix. Using the last name of the business card on the Morley's law firm uh, from 2023. <laughs> okay. Next thing uh, we see in 1890, anyway is when Julian Harker, who uh, we already talked about this scene. This is uh, when Julian uh, is being discussed by Henry and Hillinghead in Henry's flat. And Henry gets, uh, I'm sorry, Hillinghead gets the invitation to the seance. Mm-hmm. He then goes scene, to the seance, which is... What's that? He then goes to the seance. Goes to the seance, which we already talked about that too. So we'll skip ahead to the last bit of 1890. No, not the last bit, sorry. Second to last bit. Hillinghead mm-hmm. wakes up in the cemetery and makes his way to Henry's flat. Not to home, but to Henry's flat. He keeps muttering things like they took it. He had that crystal that he was going to get the fingerprints from. They took it. He doesn't have it anymore. He's suspicious even of Henry. Should we be suspicious of Henry? I'm not. I'm 
I I don't think I am, but they have said it now, and they I wasn't, and then they they said it, and now it's been like accepted that maybe we should be suspicious suspicious of him. But anyway, he still asks him to hold him while he sleeps. So despite his suspicions, when they wake up, they caress each other, they make out, they strip. We don't get to see what happens after that. But a lot presumably, more than what happened last time. I'll well, presumably, I think we just went back to sleep. <laughs> Probably. Just wanted to sleep topless, that's all. Yeah. It was but really hot. Very, very hot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, there you have it. Uh, after Hellinghead wakes up, though, he sneaks we... out. Actually, no, never mind. Yeah, go on. He sneaks out, and and as he's walking to Long Harvest Lane, it seems like he gets a lot of stares, not not climbing stairs. Like people are staring at him. Yeah. Now, uh, that leads me to believe that that photo that they took of him with the body uh, has already been published. Yeah, that's what that's what it would look like. Yeah, that's what it seemed. And then he goes to Long Harvest Lane, and he carves into one of the bricks. We don't know what, but we'll find out. All right. So that's 1890. Where do you want to go next? Let's go to 1941. Oh, wait. All done. <laughs> 2023. You got to go in My order. My favorite 20, year. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 2023. Fine. Well, wait, well, fine. You know what? Let's go 2053. You've... I think that's the better call. <laughs> Honestly, there's not, a lot, there's not a lot here. And the episode yeah, ends in 2023. We'll end our podcast in 2023. All right. Uh, oh, that's this year. This is only like two months left. <laughs> that's <what> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, all right. Maplewood brings Defoe to see himself. He's very disturbed by this, uh, especially As when he be. watches himself die. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he also uh, notices the tattoo. He does not have that tattoo, at least not yet. But he does have the head wound. So of the three like identifying features of the body, the head wound, the eye socket, and the tattoo, uh, Defoe currently only has one of the three. Although it's a little, it must be very disturbing for him to have any of the three <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Because you, know, you know he doesn't want the eye socket because that, 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 that's the death blow. Uh, the tattoo, I mean, that could happen at any time, but the head injury, like that looks pretty fresh on the body. It's pretty fresh on him now. He knows he doesn't have much time left. And well, it kind of reminds me of what happened in Lost. Uh, I won't go into it, but do you remember in, I think it's the last season where they um, give me a hint. I don't know. <laughs> they show an injury on someone. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. Here's the thing that I was wondering throughout the episode, and I think next episode maybe we'll get some sort of answers for it. But Defoe, surely if he's researching this stuff, and yeah. and, and later Max will tell us this is Defoe in two days from now. Yeah. Like, surely for Defoe, <laughs> you you could go, I'm I am researching time travel. I'm and pretty close on this. Yeah, yeah. Or like <laughs> I, I've got a really good hunch that I'm gonna try this week on how to travel in time. Like yeah. surely. I don't know. I feel like he's really bearing the lead here in terms of yeah. that, just confessing like, oh yeah, that that's I can get he's worried because he's realized he's figured out time travel and then that yeah. body looks pretty similar to his, so like maybe he's going to die soon and that's what's concerning mm-hmm. him right now. Yeah, but he could probably be. share some more relevant information. Right I would away. think so, but he doesn't. He so. doesn't. 
Uh, not even later on when we get that intercut scene between 1890 and 2053. Oh, yeah, that's what really annoyed me. I was like, surely you have more information. You gotta know something, man. But nothing. No, he doesn't let any on anything. All right, well, let me know in two days. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of two days, let's uh, get to Maplewood's last scene because... This is the scene where she returns home to find Mannix in her apartment, and he tells her that the body was Defoe from about two days or so into the future. <laughs> and if Chapel Perilous can send someone back in time, they can do anything. He tells her to follow Defoe. So, see, I, I hope this is him just trying to scare her and that they can't go back in time and just change anything because the past is already set. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope you're right. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, he does. I mean, the, I, my favorite quote of his in the scene is, if you allow it to explain what you've witnessed, then it becomes more possible by the second. I like that. That's pretty cool. He's just such a cool guy. He's so cool. Oh, my God. He did, like, sites like their atomic bomb. Like, yeah, just, just, I mean, I... I I understand the criticism of him because he just kind of comes in and, and, you know, it's, it's I like him as a character. I think yeah. it's a super interesting character. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, well, but 2053 yeah. Mannix, though, is my least yeah. favorite Mannix. It just, he <laughs> it, it doesn't talk like a person, I feel like. He just talks in quotes. I mean, he did talk yeah. more like a person. Yeah. I'm, I'm being facetious. Yeah. 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 All right, which brings us to the present day 2023, which we've we've covered none of yet. So we got a lot to do here. Yeah, we're gonna go through the plot of the episode. Yeah. All right. Barber is fuming and declares war on Elias Mannix for cop killing. Hassan wonders about the the vinyl, the record that was playing. Uh, we'll deal with that later. We got to get him first. She has a new security detail because Elaine threatened Jawad. The creepiest Mario music ever plays in the middle of the night. <laughs> and she goes into Joad's room. Joad was sleeping in her room uh, with her. Um, she goes into Joad's room and she finds the switch on and Elias in her house. He pleads with her to believe him that he did not kill him. And he gets dragged out by her security detail. I don't know where the security detail was, you know, 10 minutes Falls ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Next time we see all of these people, Elias's lawyer from Parker Legal mm-hmm. tells Hassan and Barber, I'm sorry, and uh, Barber that Elias is ready to confess to the naked guy murder and the Rick record murder. Might you say he got Rick rolled? No, 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 no. Uh, oh well, but he can't answer any questions about those murders. He doesn't really know what happened, Hassan has deduced. And that's a problem because he's confessing to murders that she believes he did not commit. Now, the question is, why does Harker's attorney want him to confess? And my theory is that he doesn't want him him to confess. He just knows that Hassan will intervene on his behalf, and she needs to. Mm -hmm. It's all part of the plan. (laughs) All right. Yeah. It's It's just unbelievable. Well, I mean, it's not unbelievable. It's just, it's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Hassan reminds Elias that he can get a different lawyer. So he yeets Dust immediately. Dust is the name of the lawyer. Then he'll only talk to Hassan. He tells her that the Morleys told him about Hassan, not vice versa. He didn't, even though the pictures were in his room, it was the Morleys 
that put them there. They told him about Hassan. They know things. Barbara gets called away, and she summons Mannix under the table. The Morleys told him where and when that body would appear, and that it had appeared before and it would appear again. They said Hassan will make him set off a bomb that will kill hundreds of thousands. Hassan will make him do that. I, now, if if they can pull this off, this could make Hassan a much more interesting character. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I mean, so I'm all right. Hassan is an interesting character. Hassan comes a conduit by which, like, we see how this disaster happens. Like, what I'm starting to feel like this story is is all the characters are seeing are merely conduits for like Mannix's story. <laughs> like right. we're just seeing Mannix is in the way the main character. And this is just right. showcasing us the ways he got to how he is now. And then you know right. maybe they defeat him or however it goes. I, and that that's the impression that I get too. And I'm I'm very happy to be along for the ride for that. Uh but I, I do find the other characters have their own interests beyond oh, definitely. that. Definitely. And Hassan doesn't yeah, but if it comes to the point where she makes him set off the bomb knowingly and knowing that it will kill lots of people, that would make Hassan quite interesting. Maybe And maybe that's the reason Hassan will do it. She'll go, man, I'm not that interesting of a character. Hmm? <laughs> My guess is that she'll do it to save her son's life. That's what I'm figuring, too. Yeah. Uh, which, it's still... Still, uh, makes her and in vain. You know, at least marginally more interesting. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, you've never seen Minority Report, have you? I think I've talked about this before somewhere, and something no. that we've covered. Uh, good movie. Tom, Tom Cruise, uh, Samantha Morton. Uh, who else is in it? I don't remember who else is in it. Anyway, it, good movie. It's about uh, uh, he works. It's a futuristic setting where he works for the Department of Pre Crime. Oh, uh, so they can mention this, yes. But yeah, continue. so they can they can uh, predict crimes that are going to happen and arrest people before they commit them. So uh, I mean, it's a little Orwellian. It's almost like thought police, right? Uh, I mean, but anyway, uh, the whole plot kind of centers around uh, the predictions show him committing a crime. Top Cruise, he he is a police officer for the Department of Pre Crime, but when he sees himself show up there then it, all hell breaks loose. So, But the crime that he's predicted to commit, he has no idea even any of the circumstances surrounding it. Like, he sees it play out. He's like, I don't even know those people. I don't know that setting. I know nothing about this. So how is this possible? Uh, and I can see that kind of being the case here with Hassan. Like, she's going to commit this crime of convincing or uh, making Maddox blow, you know, set off this explosion. Uh, but she has no idea how that could even be possible right now. So very interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm so I, I, stuff like this excites me so much. I know. Series. I know. I, I'm, I'm travel done right. Yeah, I'm more excited about this series than I have. Every episode has made me progressively more excited about this series. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Anyway, Barbara's furious with Hassan for pulling this stunt uh, under the table thing. So he pulls her out of there. He's charging Elias and Elaine. But letting Andrew walk, now Hassan is indignant about this. Andrew being the adopted fa adoptive father of Elias. Hassan's indignant. She storms out of there. She sees Elias taken away, 
and she walks her own self to Long Harvest Lane into that little alcove where Hillinghead had carved something in the bricks. She finds it. The carving on the bricks is the, tat- is the tattoo, the incomplete tally yeah. of four, and the word Hillinghead. So we can, I, I mean, you can kind of see where that's going, that she's going to do some digging into Hillinghead and find out that he was investigating the same body of it. Or probably she'll find the photo of him with the body. Yeah, no, that's what, yeah. And then that'll yeah. bring up whatever else. That yep. is that's pretty sick. That is. <laughs> now, I don't, think we, I don't think we've mentioned yet that this is actually based on a graphic novel. Or a, really? a, a, a series of comics that are comp- comprise a graphic novel, yes. Yeah. Now I've I tried to get a hold of it before the series came out. Like it was so difficult to piece together because it was, you know, multiple issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but a as we record this, we're recording this on Halloween. Um, as we record this, there mm-hmm. has been a, a release of the the entire thing in one book now. I imagine because I imagine the sales of that would go up yeah. with the yeah. drop of this. Yeah, so I may have to check that out. Um, but we'll, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the series first. I don't want actually I actually don't. Yeah, want now, to now, now yeah now that I'm part way into the series, yeah, I don't want to go yeah. read that. Yeah. So all right, Kurt, it is time to check the time. Ooh, TV time! It is TV time. Ain't no time like a TV time. Okay, Kurt. I think the people gave this a five. How about you? I concur, fellow detective, Mister. <laughs> we are, we are correct, seventy four percent. I believe that you said your favorite character. Well, I mean, it's either Hellinghead or or Whiteman. I, I don't I don't think there's any chance that it's anybody else. But <sighs> which one? I have written down here, Hillinghead. Our discussion leads me to believe I might be wrong about that. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm going to change. I'm going to say you said Whiteman. I think the people. What, can I ask what the people said last week? Sure. Yes, you can. The people what? last week, Hassan was the top vote getter okay. uh, uh, with yeah. 48%. Maplewood was second, 31%. No, that's enough. So I, I think, again, the people went with Hassan. I think you went Hillinghead. I did go Hillinghead. I, I also went Hillinghead. Okay. So. All right. I mean, he is really the main character of this episode. I mean, there's a lot of Hillinghead in this episode. It is. I, but I, Whiteman would be the second runner. Yeah. I mean, I liked Whiteman. Yeah. Yep, I did too. Honestly, here's the thing though. Like Whiteman, I really liked what this episode did for his character. I I think this, it, but it the seems story... like they're trying to cook it up here though. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not they're the... they're, they're still setting up what's yeah. going to go on with Whiteman. Hillinghead, yes. he's the, in fact he might be over like the hump with his story. Like yeah, I know. Maybe now You're he's right. on retribution trail. Maybe he'll take a yep. back seat as much because he's yep. he's kind of he, he, investigating a person. Looked into yep. them. He's gotten burned for it. Maybe yep. we'll see the aftermath of this. And I don't know. It looks like he might. <laughs> his story might be almost over. I, it might I hope be not. But I, I hope not as well. But I felt like the, at least as much was done for Hellinghead's character in this episode, and the story was stellar. I mean, it was so much great plot in that story. So I went with Hellinghead as well, and the people also went with Hellinghead. Sixty-seven percent. Okay, well that's good. 
by the way the the i'm never gonna remember the actor's name i'll look it up but the actor who plays hillinghead uh has a pretty major part in andor really yeah so his kyle solar kyle solar yeah and he plays in andor he plays um cyril karn uh if you have seen andor it's he's the, the 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 guy who works for like the company and is sent to investigate actually he's told not to investigate a murder but he chooses to investigate anyway so very similar actually <laughs> he plays the same role 1890s <laughs> Uh, place yep. long time ago, far, far away, doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. But yeah. Did I ever tell you how that, like, I didn't really realize that Star Wars took place a long, a time, long ago time ago. A long time ago, yeah. In a place far, far away. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, I, I'm a big fan of Andor. I love Andor. And so I, I was excited to see uh, Kyle Solar in this. Series, he's fantastic. Hillinghead gets my vote for this week. Yeah, I, I, I definitely concur. All right, great, fantastic. Well, next week, have you seen the title of next week's episode? I I almost started. Yes, it's uh, right up the wazoo. Right up the wazoo. <laughs> that's hysterical. I'm I'm I'm. That's that's that title is. Uh, about as much humor as we had in the rest of these three episodes combined. They have not been very humorous compared to previous no. series we've covered. No, exactly. So, so it will be interested to see where that goes. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking you might be right. We might see Hellinghead kind of take a back seat here. Might bulk up on Whiteman and uh, certainly Maple. Well, I, I, we're going to have to spend a lot of time with Hassan. So, I, what I want to say is, I don't know if we're going to see him take a back seat yet, even, but I. I think for these first three or four episodes, if he's very prevalent in this, will how much we've seen Hillinghead will be a decreased amount in the later episodes. Gotcha. Like yeah. he is, his the arc of his tale is is I guess more front bound, which is fine because you know you can't yeah. have everyone's arc be at the same time. I feel like with you yeah, know, you're probably right. trying to flesh out. So like maybe his is going to start concluding. Then we'll get White Men. And we'll kind of see maybe how Whiteman adds to like Hassan and how that all kind of yeah. boils into that, and then that boils yeah. to whatever. I don't know, but I thought. Do you, so I, I I do want to put out there that in the in the teaser trailer mm-hmm. for Bodies, there's a voiceover. I don't know who the voiceover is. It very well might be Stephen Graham. I'm not sure, but there's a voiceover and it says this body was discovered four times before, and he names our four detectives. So I wonder if there's there's a fifth time coming up. <laughs> we'll get like maybe it's a 2008 credit crunch. Which by the way, that vinyl will matter. She brought up the fact of what about the vinyl? Oh yeah, Barber yep. swept it under the rug. Some something with that. Yeah. I don't know where. Yeah, that, and that's what it kept it kept saying 2008 credit crunch on the record. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the vinyl. So anyway, all right, folks. We've got a lot of other stuff that you can check out as well as bodies. Although we are on, we're on bodies for a while here. Opposite bodies. Uh, we have a murder at the end of the world. So hopefully that's going well. We don't know because we are in the past. So uh, you know better than we do right now. Uh, the, but listen, watch that series on FX or Hulu uh, and listen to our coverage of that. You know, continue following along with bodies. 
uh, go back in our catalog and check out some other murder mysteries. Only Murders in the Building is a murder mystery. Uh, there's a kind of a mystery death element to uh, The White Lotus. So check that out, too. Give us five-star ratings and reviews. We very much appreciate that. Helps the podcast grow, as does sharing the the news about the podcast with your friends, neighbors, anybody you come across. That's always, always helpful. If you want to email us, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. Any last words, Kurt? Long live the organization. Know you are loved. Shoe hammer some showhoppers into your day.